I'm going to introduce a couple guys, and, and, and I'm, I'm thankful for Pastor Scott King. He's, he uh, was a roommate of mine in college. Um, we got in trouble. To, I mean, we had great times together. Um, no. <laughs> anyway, I, I'm super thankful. He's pastored um, the Judah Church in Anderson, South Carolina now for 20 years, was um, an evangelist, traveled for 10 years, and, traveled, and still does. He was in West Virginia last week. Um, uh, his church gave him an agreement when he when he planted the church. He said, uh, "I'm going to be gone half of the time." He says, uh, and so he has gone about half of the year, uh, still evangelizing, and the Lord has blessed him. Good to have Cole with us, son Cole. Good to have Corbin. Good to have these guys with us. Uh, um, actually, Corbin preached a little message for me um, about I guess it's been about what six years ago. Six years ago. And um, good to see these young men growing up and doing well. There's another special, um, and I'm going to say special person that's here. And um, we're thankful to have him with us. And, and if I was to list all the accolades, would be here for a long time. He's worked with Disney and he's worked with Paramount. But his heart and desire is, is, is focused in ministry. He said, I'm not an entertainer. I am a, a, a preacher of the gospel in a different fashion. And I believe that uh, you are going to see that this morning. And I, I'm excited to have Captain E with us this morning. Stand on your feet in the name of Jesus and give the Lord a hand in this house. Right, come on, church. Come on, church. We're talking about Jesus. Come on. Come on. Come on. Right, yes. Yes. Come on. Come on. We're talking about Jesus. Right, yes. Yes. Hallelujah. King Bird. All right. All right. I didn't say sit down yet. See, we got a problem in the church. It's called part number 41. We'll be worshiping God, and God will be getting the glory, and then all of a sudden, it gets heavier and heavier until finally it wins. How many know you can't worship God on part number 41? How many of you know the children are watching? Man. Now, I know this is going to be a different revival for you, but I'm going to warn you up front. I don't believe in adults. I'm writing a book. You start out in diapers, you end up in diapers. So let's just get over it right now. If I offend you, I came here to do so. Get over it. The Bible says they that love the law and they that live by the law can't be offended. So if you're offended, you're not living by the law and you don't love the law. I've traveled the world, literally, and I brought a message back for you. Man, I could get dizzy up on this stage. If it was any higher, I'd think I was reaching for Jesus. I found out there's only two kind of people in church. People say saved and unsaved. Now that sounds real spiritual, but it's not true. There's two kind of people in church. 
Winners, raise your hand if you're a winner. Amen. See, winners know who they are. You didn't even hesitate. Amen. Some of you had to shout when the hand went up. Woo! Yeah, you know who you are. You've been running the race. You know you're a winner. But then we've been infiltrated in the church by another group of people. I call them wieners. <laughs> wieners are only good at one thing, and that's sitting on their buns, and that's not a position to serve God. The Bible said, yeah, it's the truth. It's the truth, and the truth sets us free. Amen? Some of us don't know that you've got to be able to recognize fruit before you can have fruit. Man? Some of you people tell me what, especially some of you older gray-haired people, this week is your week. Yes, it is. You say, well, you say, I think this is for kids. Well, you, you grew up too quick. Back up. I had a woman, 93 years old, get saved in my service. She came to the front, and I asked her, yeah, amen. She's standing there with about 60 children that came up to her waist, and I asked her, I said, ma'am, what are you doing here? She said, well, let me tell you something. This church had been praying for me for 40-something years, and she said, tonight I felt like a child again and felt like I could start over. Come on. Man, Hallelujah. Now, I need somebody in this house to tell me what fruit I'm holding. A what? Nope, it's juicy fruit. See, we already got a problem. You can't recognize fruit, you can't walk in fruit, amen? Wait a minute, do you people get something on you? Tell me you didn't come to church and get something on you. Huh? Just tell me. Man. <clears throat> This is the place that the children learn what we're about. They're watching us. Let me tell you something. I have people sit down on me all the time. I'll, I'll be doing what I do, and, and they sit down. Now, some of you older folks, let me tell you something. I ain't no young cat no more either. Every once in a while, it gets down in here. You can't do what you use. I understand. It's okay, all right? But all you other folks, you ain't got no excuse. If I catch you sitting down on me, I'm coming after you. I'm 230 pounds and six foot four. I will move you in Jesus' name. Man, are you ready? You already got the warning. Man, why am I like that? 44 years in the ministry, travel the world. I don't care what color you are. I'm an American Indian. I'm 86% American Cherokee Indian. You know what I wish? I wish all of you to go back home. I don't like none of you. So that gets the prejudice thing out of the way. So if I'm preaching this week and somebody says, well, that sounded prejudice. It wasn't. It was truth. <laughs> Amen? It was truth. All right. Everybody get your hands like this right here. Get them out of your nose. All right. I'm just trying to get us ready here. How many of y'all know the Word of God is a powerful book? I've been, I've been driving around the, the world with this Bible right here, and I never cease to be amazed because every single time... Did it again, preacher? The Bible got me. Oh, man, there was power in that book. Yours don't do that? It would if you'd read it. <clears throat> you see, we got, we got this book locked in. We got it on computers. We got it on disk. We got it on every way you can get it, but we never use it. 
It's our sword. Why do you think the devil's getting away with your family right now? Because you got no, no equipment. you got no sword. When, when the United States started going down the drain this past year, you know what I did? I went and bought an extra shotgun. You know why? Because I'm going to use it when they come down my driveway. Hello. Oh, he's being political. No, I'm telling you the truth this morning. And I'm going to hang you at the end of my driveway with a sign that says, come on down. You say, oh, that don't sound like a preacher. I ain't. I'm a pirate. (laughs) For years, I traveled as a clown and had a great time with the church. We laughed and cut up. Like I said, I saw over a million come to know the Lord before I was 38 years old. I was at it. Praise God. Hallelujah. But nowadays, you can't clown around no more. Hollywood ruined it with the It movie. So nowadays, you know what's accepted? What does that say about the kingdom? What does that say about the United States? I'm accepted now. We've got to think, church. We've got to think. For some of you folks that plan on not coming this week, I have already prayed a curse on you. You are literally going to walk in hell this week. Oh, that doesn't sound nice at all. Never said I was nice. I'm a pirate. Think about that this week when you're walking through it. Because it's time for the church to get a full family revival. Come on, church. That's what America needs. It needs grandpa and grandma and mama and daddy and Susie and Johnny at the altar at the same time getting the Holy Ghost. And we're not going to have that as long as you decide to sit on part number 41 at the house and watch whatever it is your favorite program is. We need you at the house of God. We need you smiling. We need you participating. We need you to be about the Father's business. Now, how many out there got faith? Raise your hand. All right, sit down. Now, some people don't know where pirates come from. They, they think that we're just, we just run around pillaging and doing all these things. If you look at the real history of pirates, you'll notice that we always have a flag. It usually has a skull on it. Most of you think that's a bad thing. It's not. The original pirates were a community of people that had a power, we'll call them, come in and take everything good away from them. You can look this up. So they decided they were going to get together as a community and take it back. So they created this flag with a skull on it that represented the the place that they they killed our Lord Jesus, Golgotha, the place of the skull. They put crossbones on it because that represents the cross. They made it out of black and white because it's a black and white issue. Either you're for it or you're against it. And this morning, some of us in the church need to, to make a stand. We need to decide we're for it or we're against it. This is your week of decision. Let me tell you something. Me and this man right here, we don't go just everywhere we're asked to go. I'm here for a reason. I'm here to see revival. I'm not talking about their revival. I'm talking about the one God wants for this church. Now, we're fixing to do a song. It's a song that I do. It's not one you normally do. But it's a participation song. Why? Because the children are watching. All right? So this song says this. It says, give God a hand for all he's done, giving his life and his only son. Let's all stand up and give God a hand. That's pretty clear, isn't it? Now, it's sort of fast, but we'll practice one time. And when I say give God a hand for all he's done, giving his life and his only son, I'm going to ask you to jump up on your feet and give it all you got. You know why? Because the children need to know we don't have to struggle and win. We already won. We won at Calvary. They 
They come to church and they see us drag our sword in. We left our shield in the car. We walk in here like we're just totally defeated. Let me tell you something. I ain't defeated this morning. I won't be defeated. They told me 12 years ago after a car accident, I'd never walk again. And I'm doing pretty good this morning. I'm telling you, you don't have to listen to the car. The one's talking to you usually. Huh? Anybody ever said, well, you know what they say? Who is they? They is them. I finally figured that out. Some of you older folks, you're going, you know, don't you? They is, everybody say it with me. They is them. There's an English teacher in here that couldn't make herself do that. I'm just saying, all right? I'm just saying, all right, y'all ready? We're going to practice one time. Now, once we say you've got an hand, I'm going to expect you to jump up like you were at the local Church of God softball game. Oh, some of you guys, y'all walk in here and the God moves and you're like, oh, hallelujah. We take you out on the softball field and you're like, ah! Ah! How come you can't be that way for Jesus? Huh? You've got a hand for all he's done giving his life and his only son. Let's all stand up and give God a hand. Come on, yeah. Now, some of you don't think, you think I'm joking. I don't dress like this to joke. Hello? I'm coming back there to get you. I don't care who you are. I don't know nobody here. Preacher ain't told me the the ones that are are with him, the ones that ain't, because you're here too. Well, it's quiet in here. I don't care who you are. I will come pick you up and carry you to this altar. I'm not joking with you. you. You can sit down on your other worship leader, and you can get away with it. But this morning, I, I came here real serious about revival. Come on, let's because those pirates did what they did for one reason. They went to take back what had been taken from Come them. On. And I'm here for one reason. I'm here to take back what the devil has stole from the church. And I'm here to see it done. If you think your gray hair is going to slow me down, you need to look under this hat. Are you ready? Yeah, let's go. Get your hands ready. Hit it, Bert. Turn it up loud. Here we go. You've got a hand for all he's done. Come on. All stand up. You've got a hand. Come on, church. Yeah. For all he's done for you and me, let's all stand up. You've got a hand. Come on, yeah. Sit down. Let's all stand up and give God a hand. Come on. Game, a little bit more, Bert. Scores, we call his name and Put your hands together. Come on. And clap and cheer. Yeah. <laughs> well, take the game of life, my friend. It's been hard fought and it's near the end and the score is God. Seven million. Satan. Zero. Well, give God a hand for all he's done. He's given his life and his only son unless I'll stand up. Give God a hand. Yeah. Give God a hand for the victory for all he's done for you and me. Let's I'll stand up. Give God Come on. Yeah. Let's all stand up, give God a hand. Well, now when you see the actors on, on the stage, come on. when you hear the truth and the words they Don't say, get lazy, on. we got a whole week to go. Well, now we watched the play of life unfold, and we found it's just like the Bible told, so we're going to praise the author before the Hallelujah. end. Hallelujah! Well, now give God a hand for all he's done. He's given his life and his only son. Let's all stand up, give God a hand. Yeah! Give God a hand for the victory for all he's done for you and me. Let's all stand up and give God a Yeah! Let's all stand up and give God a hand. Now, some folks come on, come on. Play and, well, you just Don't get lazy on me. we got a long week ahead of us. 
truck will be by us shortly. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, Bishop, I need your help. I need, I need, I'm looking. I need, uh, where you at? I need a family. I need a family. Everybody's like, oh my God, don't pick me. <laughs> help me out, Bishop. I need a Man, a woman. Ah, uh, yeah. Those three right there. See that guy with his hand up? Yeah. Yeah, go down there and get them for him. Go down there and get them for him. All righty then. Bring it on, baby. Bishop, I need your help with uh, my buddy. You guys just stand right there in the line. Matter of fact, I tell you what, let's make it easy on you. Let's stand on this line right here. And Mama, you need to be next to me and next to your husband. Whoa. All right, Pastor, I need your help here. Be careful. All right? Yeah, get the bottom. Stop it. All right. Now, right here will work. Yeah, he's all right. I, I took care of him early. All right. Good. I'm good. Now, that'll be just fine right there. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Maybe. Did I put it on the right side? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's bring her over here. Bring them over there. Yeah, bring a husband and wife over here. Kids on that side, husband and wife on this side. Yeah. Yeah. All right, then. Move up just a little bit because you're going to have to put your hand in that hole in this side. You guys stand right there uh, on that line right there, Bishop. Put them on that line. Yeah. Make sure she. You did see. It's okay. All right. Now, Bishop, we got a we got a situation going on. Nice looking young man right there. All right, make good pirates. Be looking for new mates, you see. And then we got mom and dad over here. Yeah, nice looking couple. Somebody say amen. Yeah. You know, Bishop, to be married, you got to have an f- amount of faith, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Faith in your couple, faith in one, and faith in the other. Sister, you're a woman of faith, right? Yeah, I believe that. Amen. You see, the problem with faith is faith is a substance. You either got it or you don't. As Christians, we talk about faith all the time, but some of us don't have the substance. Mm. Faith is tangible. Yes, it faith is. is touchable. Yes, it is. See, when I laid in the bed for, for 
uh, a year and a half trying to get my legs to work after Jesus told me I could walk, then I had to have tangible faith. I hooked rubber bands to my legs and pulled on them. My legs were dead. They didn't want to move. And I commanded them in the name of the Son of the living God, Jesus, to move and to work because God didn't put them there to hang there and look pretty. He put them there to hold me up, sister. After a year and a half, one morning, my right leg twitched. And I said, leg, you're starting to grow some ears, buddy. We're going to walk. Took me five years to learn how to walk again. Wow. Five dedicated years. You know what I lived on every day, sister? A portion of faith. Faith, I tell you. If you're sitting out there today, there's going to be miracles in this house this week. Amen. The bishop and I have done this. Listen, I've seen the blinded, dead, milked-over eyes of a young lady come back to life and her read the gospel message to the church. Amen. I have seen a man with his feet pulled all the way back around since he was 14 years old. The whole community knew him. His two sons had to drag him up and lay him on the altar, almost this height right here, bishop. And I watched God crack and pop and move in his legs until at the end of the service, he danced his way out of that church and handed me his cane and said, Uh Brother, go tell somebody Jesus is still doing what he did. So we're not coming up in here bringing you some gospel that we don't believe. I don't have any faith for your healing this morning. I don't have to have it. It's fact, Jesus died at Calvary for your healing. Be healed in Jesus' name. But you're never going to get your healing unless you've got some substance to base it on. So the playing Christian won't get you up off the bed when your legs don't work. All right? Sister, you feel like you've got some substance going on? Do you think she's got some substance? You're her husband, you know. Tell on her if she don't. Just spill the beans right now. Just say she's worthless, she's got no faith, she's wimpy. Huh? She's got it, it, right? That's the last word. He Uh, said she's got it. Oh. All right, sister. Now you don't know me. (laughs) Yeah. But I need you to put your hand in that box by faith and just hold it there for a little while. Husband, I want you to get her other hand and hold it. She's gonna need help. All right, hold his other hand there. Hold his hand. All right. Yeah. You okay? So far, so good? All right. All right. Okay. It's going to be a minute. Faith, church. Faith. If you don't mind, husband, back up just a little bit because I I need them to see your face. You see, faith is a funny thing. God will prove your faith. Huh? Yeah. And what you're wondering what just happened? She just got that right there. Why? Because I wanted to see if it would bother her because there's things in here that might. Yeah. Uh, This morning, we're going to talk about faith. The bishop, in just a minute, in his way, the way God anointed him, is going to finish this sermon today. You say, oh my God, we're going to be here all day. No, just a week. I'm telling you, it's just going to be a week. I didn't tell you we were going to start and end in a week. I just, just, no, I'm just joking. All right. This morning, the anointing of God is going to begin to answer some questions. This morning, 
uh, as I walked down the aisle, I could hear what your heart was saying. Yeah, I'm different. I'm sorry. I just am. I used to apologize for it, but it's too late. I'm different. I heard some of you say, well, you know, I'm busy. I got things to do. Yes, you do. You're busy. I understand that. Yeah. But you better shut that thing down and come to church. Amen. You're going to pay the price. I'm not joking. I prayed a blessing on those that come and a curse on those that didn't. I can do that. It's biblical. I'll read it to you anytime you want to hear it. Why? Because right now we are suffering in America because nobody let the children see the real thing. That's right. Right. What do they need to see? They need to see faith. Amen. Faith is a substance. Without faith, the Bible said it's impossible to, pl to please God. That's what just happened to her. Just thought I'd let you see that. Amen. It's okay. It's all right. So far, she's doing real good. She's doing I'm proud of her. She's got the stuff. She does. Some of you out there would already be down the aisle out the door. I'm just telling you. When something touches your hand, you don't know what it is, that you tend to move. Amen. All right. But anything can happen. The, the, Jesus said, in this world, you will have tribulation. Huh? He told us that. What are we worried about? How come we get so caught up and we come to pieces over the most little things and we cause all these big dramas? We attack the preacher because he said something about so-and-so and he didn't even realize he said it. So we attack him because we got nothing else to do. You see, we, we, and I'm not saying that I know that's happened. It happens across America. We are more concerned at the church about the color of our carpet than we are about the souls of our children. I'm just telling the truth this morning. I hope you can handle it because that's what you're going to get this week. It's the truth that sets us free. And the church needs to be set free. You need to learn to walk in real faith. We need to come together in unity and rise up and let our children see one more time that Jesus Christ is Lord. Some of you men need to swallow your pride. This week, you need to come down this altar regardless of what somebody out there might think you're down here for. You need to swallow it, brother, because you're not doing anything but being selfish. Because there could be a child in here, a grandchild, could be a child in this building that ain't even a part of your family, but they're watching you. And you need to come down to this altar and bend your knee one more time and let those tears flow in Jesus' name. Why? So I don't do anything for a show. I know you don't do nothing, period. It's time for us, once again, to raise up a generation that'll change all this foolishness. And the only way that's going to happen is for us to get our hands on real faith, start walking in it, and start doing something that we've never done before. Right now, Grandpa, Grandma, you need to suck it up. Uh, you, you probably served the church well. You probably gave your heart to the Lord when you were just... Uh, five minutes born, you probably have done everything in the world for the Lord. That's just great. But right now you're doing nothing, and that's what the children see you doing. Whoops. Some of you young people, you're busy on your computer. You're busy playing games. You're busy doing all this stuff. You're busy going here and busy going there. You're not accomplishing anything. You're wasting time and money doing what you're doing. And the children, some of your own children, get neglected. There's men right now that work all day long. You come home and you get on your computer. You know why? Because you've worked all day. You think you deserve it. You lock the door. You don't even let the children in there. Shame on you. 
Take them out in the yard and play ball with them. Let them get some mud up on their fingernails. This is America. And it's time we started being America again. It's time we started being a church. We're a full gospel, Pentecostal-based church. That means we believe in every gift that God's given us and any more he might have in his bag. But we ain't functioning that way. We're spending more time in drama than we are functioning in the gifts of the Lord. When's the last time you gave somebody something? Not because it, uh, you got recognition for it, but because you felt like in your heart you could give it. Most of us just don't know. Most of us don't know. And there needs to be an alarm sound. You all right, sister? You good, right? Thought I lost you on that one. Amen. I know I lost your older son down here. I lost him completely for just a minute. How do I know these things are going on? It's because I travel the world. I see it all. Once you've seen it all, you understand what's happening, don't you, Bishop? Yes, you do. You know, you understand that the, the real thing is not really happening. You all right, sister? You're good, right? All right. You ain't lost anything. You're still good. Got it together, right? All right. I'm just wondering. I'm just wondering. You see, the Bible said in a twinkling of an eye, he's coming back. A twin it was faster than that popper just went off. It's going to happen that fast. And if you're not walking in faith, then you'll be walking the wrong way. Hmm. How you walking? This week, how you walking? Do you want your church to be the church that is on fire and all the children, there's so many children you can't walk because they want to be around that. Listen, children and young people, they want to be around life. They don't want no death. They want to be around life. They want things moving. They want newness. They want things. Listen, if you're sitting there right now, I'm not talking about whether you're old or young. There's some young people deader than any doorknob. I'm telling you, I travel. I see it all the time. They're dead. They don't even know what I'm talking about this morning. And then there's some of, some of you older folks, you got more life than they ever had a chance because you remember old days when the, the, the front rows of the church were so full of young people, you couldn't even get up here. Matter of fact, the, the older folks would gripe because they never could get near the front of the church because the young people were just matted in there and they'd jump up on their chairs. And we get mad at them for disrespecting the chairs in the house of God because they'd jump up on their chairs and they'd wave their hands. Some of you remember this and they'd say, I'm saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost and I want somebody to know it. How come that's not happening? anymore it's because we're just like some of the other denominations I don't have to name them all you know who they are Baptist, Methodist, Lutheran you know the dead in Christ they'll go first but we sit here and laugh at them our back pews are full and the front ones are empty Bishop Why does he dress up like that? One of the Sorry reasons is because we are both tired of your kids rather go, would rather go to Disney than they would church. Bishop, give these guys a hand for what they did this Come morning. Come on. Thank you, guys. Y'all did a great job. You all right over there? Yeah. Good deal. Uh, yeah. A little powder. How's your ears? That, that, that one got mine. Yeah, just a little ringy. We'll, we'll pray for that in a little bit. But when um, Captain E and I were on the road full time, he was going one way, I was going the other. We had heard of each other, but we had never met each other. And then one day, just by God's grace, we came together. And we're both weird. 
I mean, anybody that would dress up like that, uh, talking about me, uh, <laughs> not him. Hire. Um, but I got tired, and he's tired of every, all our kids going to Disney or going to even Chuck E. Cheese and seeing better things at, there than they do in the house of God. Honestly. Man. I got tired of flannel graph Noah. Come on. And the ark. I got tired. So we built a three-story pirate ship in our church building. Full working with a cannon that would really ring your ears. And we would do, on, on Halloween night, we'd do a full 4D show. I mean, 4D. Water was spraying, the ship moving, things were happening. One Halloween night. Halloween night. Do y'all get that? Halloween night. The devil's night. We saw 200 people get saved on Halloween night. All because of a 10-minute pirate show. Are you listening to me? And the reason we wanted to do this, when, when Pastor Paul called me and, and, and called Pastor Eric and, and, and said, you know what, I said, let's do a family thing. Because we get so wrapped up. Two years ago in January of 2019, the Lord spoke to me as clear as crystal, and he said this. I didn't understand it. Sometimes, how many of you know sometimes when God says something, you've got to research that thing out. God said, you've put my church in silos. I didn't know what that was. And so I called a farmer buddy of mine up in Illinois, and I said, what really is a silo? And he said, well, a silo is a place that we store the harvest. And I said, well, give me more than that. And he said, well, here's the thing. He said, I grow soybeans and, and two or three different things. He said, we can't cross those. So the soybean silo can only hold soybeans even if soybeans harvest is not today. He said, that's what you're doing to the church. You put your kids over there. You put your youth over here. You put your family, uh, your, your adults here. You put your seniors over here. And here's the problem. I, I love that. We've got youth ministry. We've got kids ministry. But every now and again, we've got to do this because if not, the only thing your children sees is you at home struggling. And they don't see you come in the house of God and lay your burden down in an altar. And they don't see that part. And they need to see you worshiping God because that's how we really fight our battles and then we wonder why we're losing a whole generation why well, i don't understand why my kid don't want to go to church you ever wonder why your kid would rather go to the arcade at the mall than church boy y'all quiet in this holy ghost filled church your kids would rather go anywhere else but church it's because there's nothing here enticing them and we've, uh, uh, hold on, before you clap, let me say this. And we've used the excuse, well, we don't want to entertain. I would rather entertain them to get them here so that I can introduce the power of the Holy Ghost to them than try to go somewhere else and try to introduce something. Come on, somebody. So we do crazy stuff. You Listen, if you think this is crazy, y'all better buckle up, buttercup. You ain't met my favorite character, Gilbert. Some of you going to think he's your uncle. Yeah, uh, mm. I begged him to do Gilbert this morning. Me and Gilbert are, boy, we are brothers. Really. Gilbert's my buddy. We have seen hundreds of people saved. Why do we do this? 
Why did we, when, when, when Pastor Paul called, why did we want this? We went, I, I, I was going to Illinois one, one year. Church runs about 100, 125. And I asked um, my children's pastor, Pastor Eric, I said, why don't you just go with me? I'll buy you a plane ticket. Let's just go. He said, I want to go just to hang out with you. And I said, well, cool, let's go. So we went. I said, now listen, bring Gilbert with you. He said, are you sure? I said, yeah, bring Gilbert with you. And so he brought Gilbert. And on Sunday night of that revival, um, I, he dressed up as Gilbert. And, and that, that, that next day, um, that night, man, God just moved. The next night of a church running about 100 people, there were probably 200 people in that building. Everybody went out and told everybody about Gilbert. This crazy Gilbert word, the nerd. This guy that we all kick out of our churches because don't, he don't look like us or talk like us. We don't physically kick him out, but we shun him to the point that they don't want to come back. Oh, preach, Bishop. And then, man, I mean, and that pastor, he, he now is on staff at my church. And he said, after y'all left, I baptized a little over 100 people. Y'all remember last time I was here? We were supposed to baptize one person and ended up baptizing 78 people that night? This church is primed for a move of God. I said, this church is primed for a move of God. And there's people that say, I want you to pray for my granddaughter. But you don't pray for a move of God, and it's the move of God that's going to get your granddaughter. When God starts moving, people come to see it move. When the church gets on fire, people come and watch it burn. And let me tell you something. You can come to watch a fire burn, but you're still going to leave smelling like smoke. Boy, preach, Bishop. We're talking about faith this morning. The Bible says, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, right? Then it says in 2 Corinthians 5, 7, says, For we walk by faith and not by sight. Now, I don't want to convict you this morning yet. But there's a new slogan going around. It's cute. It's so cute. Some of y'all memed it on your Facebook. It's so cute. It ain't biblically correct, but it's cute. Some of you got the coffee mugs, the t-shirts. It's so cute. I got faith over fear. You got faith over fear. Hallelujah. The problem is, is fear is not the enemy of faith. Not according to the Bible. Fear is not the enemy of faith. Do you realize you can have faith and still have fear? I have it every time I get in my airplane. I got faith that's going to fly. Woo! But boy, I got a little bit of fear in my abilities to fly it. No, hush it up. You had your time. I'm just kidding. Listen, you can have faith that God's going to heal you and still have a little bit of fear because we don't know. Because faith is substance of things that we hope for. It's not, it's not the substance of things that we have seen. Are you listening to me? Faith, faith, fear is not the enemy of faith. That's not what the Bible says. If it was, then it would say, for we walk by faith and not by fear. 
So quit letting the devil lie to you just because you've got a little bit of fear of what the future may hold. You can't let fear overtake you, but fear, a little bit of fear is a good thing. Just like a little bit of pain is a good thing. We are in America. We think we can't have no pain or no fear. Let me tell you something. You better thank God you've got pain. If not, you would leave your hand on the burner the whole time. It is pain that tells you to jerk your hand off. It is pain that makes you want to go to the doctor and get something figured out. Now that I'm in my fifth something, I'm having pains in places I didn't even know existed in my body. So faith and fear can walk together. So what is the enemy of faith? Anybody know? Anybody know? Go ahead, tell me. Fear? No. But good, good. For we walk by faith and not by sight. How do you see? With your eyes. So the enemy of faith is sight. All right, I need some help. You want to help me again? I'm going to let you redeem yourself. Come up here. I'm going to let you help me. Now, just stay right there for a minute. Will you help me? All right, come on up here. What's your name? Scott. Scott, I like that name. <laughs> hey, I'm Scott. Nice to meet you, Scott. <laughs> it's like we at one of them Church of God meetings where we call everybody Doc. All right, come on up here. Here's what I want you to do. Hi, I want you to go up there real quick, and I want you to face that real pretty picture that says Alcoa Maryville Church of My Living God. I just want you to come right here, stand right here, right here. This thing, I'm going to move this, okay, because I'm going to kick it, and then it's going to hit somebody in the head. And it might start a revival if it hits them in the head real hard enough. I want you to face that way. I don't want you to look around, okay? I want you to listen to me. Scott, do you trust me? You do? Look at me eyeball to eyeball. As God is my witness. I got you. I won't let nothing happen to you. I won't let nothing happen to you. I promise you. And that's no joke. Okay? I want you to back up just a little bit till I say stop. Come on, I got you just a little bit more. Right there. Now, I want you to keep your face right there. On the count of three, I want you to just fall back. Trust me. Now, before I ain't counting to three, y'all ain't like I'm counting to three right now. Y'all think I'm crazy. I mean, I know I'm crazy, but... So what I'm going to do is I'm going to get me some help. All right? You remain looking that way right there. You trust me? I think so. Okay, we're going to work on this a minute. How can I get you to trust me? All right, have faith, brother. I'm telling you, I'm not joking. I'm not cutting up. I'm not going to let you fall. Okay? All right, you keep your face right there. Don't look around. Just keep right there. I need some really, really, really Strong men to raise your hand right now. All right, there goes one, two. I'm going to need about five. Let me see. I'm going to need about eight or ten guys. All right, are you ready? I need eight guys just to raise your hand real quick. All right, all right. I need all eight of you to stand up. All right, I want you to come here. I want you to get ready. We're going to let you. All right, Scott, do you hear me? All right, I want y'all to join you. You stay forward, Scott. I want y'all to join your hands right here. Right there. Join 
Amen. All right. Let's move right here. All right, Scott, on this I got you. I got I got I had eight men raise their hands. And they 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 they're good men. So I'll straight back. All right. One, two. Hold on now. Hold on. You trust me? I'm telling you, man, these guys, the ones that raise their hand, they got you. On the count of three. One, two. Okay, hold on right quick. Right before you fall, I want you to turn around and look what's about to catch you. Now turn back around face that sign. On the count of three. Back up a little bit. On the count of three. One. You still have faith? Uh-huh. He's a little shaky now. He went, I, I, have, I have faith. Here's my point. The Bible says we walk by faith and not by sight. I had him fully convinced to fall until his eyes saw something he didn't think could catch him. Thank you. Thank you, guys. See, you can have all the faith. Give him a hand. You can have all the faith in the world until the doctor shows you the x-ray. You can have all the faith in the world until you see your son or daughter in a ditch and can't get themselves out. You can have all the faith in the world because the enemy of your faith is your sight. And the only way to control your sight is to keep your eyes on Jesus. He, that's why the Bible continually tells us, fix your eyes on Him, the author and the finisher of your faith. Because if you continually look to Him, your eyes will understand that even though it looks impossible, my God works in the impossible. Now give him praise and glory in this place. Young people, don't ever let your sight keep you away from your faith. Always have faith. If God tells you to do it, I don't care what it looks like. I don't care how many times you get a rejection notice. I don't care how many times uh, older folks like myself, I don't care how many times the doctor tells you it is impossible. Let me tell you, impossible when you divide the M and the P is impossible. Are you listening to me? There is a possibility. My God works in the impossible. So if it happens to look impossible, it's a great place for my God to get started. Now give him some praise. But he's doing it. Come on and give God some praise. So we walk by faith and not by sight. We live. That word walk there means live by faith. Faith doesn't stop life from happening. That's the problem with so many people. You give me three or four more minutes, I'm going to get you wrapped up here. Watch this. We think that we can faith our way out of issues. Faith does not stop life from happening. I'm going to prove it to you. Secondly, faith doesn't keep bad things from happening. We live in a fallen world, folks. That's why the Bible says we live by faith. 
We're not stationary by faith. I feel the Holy Ghost in this place right now. We're not stuck by faith. We live by faith. That means no matter what comes my way, we used to sing a song. You'll like this one. It says no matter what the weapon is, I want the, I want the world to know that I win. No matter what the weapon is. The Bible says the, the weapon will be formed, but it will not prosper. Listen, I can't tell you, I can't give you. There's nobody on TV can wave their hand across you and give you so much faith that will, that will life-proof your life. Faith doesn't mean bad things don't happen. Faith doesn't mean life doesn't continue on. Faith doesn't mean that you got to stop living. When bad things happen, it's not necessarily because of a lack of faith. Come on. You hear me? Wake up now. I said when bad things happen, it doesn't mean I don't care what they told you. When something bad happens, it don't mean you have a lack of faith. When bad things happen, it's testing your faith. I'm going to prove it to you. Watch this. It says we live by faith and not by sight. That means we, we are visual people. That's why we stay like this all the time. They're having to do surgery on people's necks now because they're like this. Everything in our life is by sight. We, I'm not against it. I'm not, I'm not preaching against it. But we, 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 we literally babysit our kids by sight. And sight can be a beautiful thing till it works against us. Huh? Some of the most beautiful countryside was on the way me getting here. Up through Asheville, through the mountains, into Knoxville. Beautiful country. Sight can be an amazing thing till it is worked against us. Until you see the mass on the x-ray. Until you see the test results. You're fine until you see it. So Paul... Did you ever have enough faith? Well, he wrote Timothy in the last chapter of his second book to Timothy, and he said these words, I have fought the good fight. The word good there, listen to this, I love this. This ain't my topic, but boy, you could preach this. The word good there means fixed. I have, I have fought the fixed fight. God didn't, ex God's already fixed it for you. You're going to win, but that don't mean you got to sit on the sideline. You got to get in the ring. Notice Paul didn't say, I watched the good fight. I ain't even seen a good fight lately, even on pay-per-view, man. It's like 30 seconds, bam, bam. And I'm like, that was 60 bucks. He says, I have fought. I've been in it. I've been fighting the good fight. But he said the good fight, meaning he wants you to know God's already fixed it. The outcome is settled. It cannot be changed. Listen, listen, listen. The fight, no, 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 you don't understand, Bishop. The cards were stacked against me. Listen, somebody told me one time, I said, you don't understand. The cards were stacked against me. I said, well, aren't you glad you know the dealer? He says, I have fought the good fight. Look at this. He said, I finished the race. This last part is what I want you to understand. 
He says, because I think we got a, we got a wrong view of faith, real faith. I ain't talking about this blab it, grab it, name it, claim it faith. Because they would try to tell you that if, you don't, if you're not healed, you got a lack of faith. If God don't do it, you didn't have enough faith. Well, that ain't true. Man, sometimes God don't do it because it's not his will. Let me say it this way. It don't take a whole lot of faith when God's answering all your prayers the way you want him to answer them. Somebody told me one time, said, I'm submitted to you, Bishop. I'm submitted. I said, we'll see. Because, see, true submission is not true submission until you disagree. Up until that point, it's agreement. Submission operates and kicks in when you disagree with it. That's a guy in the military one time. I said, did you ever disagree with your commanding officer? He said, oh, yeah, a lot. I said, did you ever not do what he said? I said, he said, not once. I said, why not? He said, because my buddy did. And I saw what happened. I ain't doing that. We got a wrong view of faith. Watch this. This is where it ends. If we got somebody that can play for us, go ahead and get, get, get on the landing post. I love what he says right here at the end. I have fought the good fight. I have finished my race. I have, come on, shout it out. I have, all the kids say, I have kept the faith. Boy, this is going to mess you up. I have kept the faith. You know what that word kept in the Greek means? To hold in the current position. What Paul was really saying when he wrote this book, Paul was not in a really good place. Oh, y'all ain't listening to me right now. See, we think Paul said, I kept the faith. Because we can all keep it when we're on the mountaintop. Paul was not in a really good place, and he said, I have kept the faith. That means he, he said, I had enough faith to keep me in the current position. See, we think faith is all about getting me out of it. I got faith God's going to bless me to get you out of financial ruin. I got faith that God's going to heal me to get you out of physical ruin. I got faith that God's going to touch my kids to get you out of family ruin. But true faith isn't about getting you out of it. True faith is able to hold you in it. Because you got to understand, sometimes God calms the storm, sometimes He calms His child. I hear people all the time, I want to have enough faith to weather the storm. Well, look at how Jesus operates in storms. Notice, Jesus does not Stop the storm before he walks on water. Jesus does not, Jesus does not stop the storm before he falls asleep in the bow of the boat. So Jesus' response to all storms is to walk on the water during them and go to sleep right in the middle of them. Because Jesus wants us to learn you are not affected by the storm. One of the memes I really do like 
is the one that says, I sent the storm to destroy them. But they spoke back, I am the storm. At some point in our life, kids, there's a huge victim mentality running around in our generations. Well, it's the teacher's fault. I got an F. Really? The teacher made up the test. I think the teacher could get an A. It ain't the teacher's fault. Well, if somebody else would just like me, I could do something. Well, if somebody would just pick me instead of last for kickball, I might could show them what I can do. I'm picked last for kickball because they don't like me. I'm not talked to at the lunchroom because they don't like me. We teach our kids victim mentality. It's always somebody else's fault. Now, sometimes it could be somebody else's fault. Okay. But if you're a child of God, can't nobody shut a door that my God has already opened. And can't nobody open a door that my God has already shut. Which means if you are a child of God, which is the best place to be in life, it does not matter if Susie likes you and she's the most popular kid on campus and it don't matter if Bert likes you because he's the, he's the um, quarterback of the football team. If you, listen, the Bible says if God be for you, can't nobody be against you. Can't nobody stop you. Well, I wanted to go. See, when we start saying it's somebody else's fault, it's because, thank you, it's because we wanted something that's not happening. So we have to blame something or someone. Instead of going, you know, either God wants me to push and grow in this, or where I think I need to go isn't where God's wanting to take me. Here's the problem. If we ever feel like we've heard God, it is so hard for us to detour. One of the greatest things I've learned in my life is this. Sometimes God will speak something in my life to get me headed in the direction He wants me to go only to change what he said to take me over here. And you have to understand, faith doesn't say I heard God here and bless God, I'm going to hold on till I get there. Faith says I heard God and I started my journey in the direction he told me to go. And when I head this way, God wants me to go to that door. Well, in my mind, getting to that door is the easiest way is to go right around there. But when I get right here, he may say, take a right. And if I don't have enough faith, I'll get stuck right here going, but you said go to the door. We get like little children. We start pouting. But you said go to the door. You didn't say go right. See, what God is trying to get us to understand is I may need to come and meet this guy right here. How you doing, sir? And he may want me to come down this way so I can meet this gentleman. There's no telling what I may learn. 
And if I go that way, I'll make the death. Hey, I feel the Holy Ghost. I may still make it to the door, but I'll miss the journey. So I want you to stand up all over this house real quick. Now I'm going to tell you something. You thought it was a kid's crusade, and it is. You thought it was a revival for adults, and it is. We're not going to hit just one, because, see, there's kids that's looking. He says something. You'll hear him say it all the time. The children are watching. What are they seeing? Years ago, I told him this story. Years ago, I would... I still pretty much go wherever they invite me, and I got time. But one year, a senior citizens group invited me to come preach at their dinner. Whoo, boy, they ain't invited me back either. Because God showed me something about young people that used to frustrate me, if I'm just being honest with you. Young people will come to the altar, they'll be having their hands up, praising God, and all of a sudden they'll go, And I used to think, quit looking around to see if your friends are watching or are they up there. Until God spoke to me and he said, they're not looking for their friends. They're looking for mom and daddy. They're looking for grandma and grandpa. Because what they're feeling is fresh and new to them. And they need confirmation that what they're feeling is real. That what they're feeling is the real thing. And if your kids, if your kids are down here in this altar and they look back and they see grandma doing this, then the devil's gonna tell them what you're feeling is fake, or grandma would be feeling it, because grandma's probably the most spiritual person they know. And if grandma's not feeling it, then what I'm feeling can't be real. So this morning, here's what I'm going to do. We're going to flip the script, Captain E. There's some adults in this room. And you're just as important to this move of God right now as anybody. Because if they don't see you move, they won't have courage to move. They won't have faith to move. They need to see us. They see a struggle at home, folks. They hear more than you think they hear. They see more than you wish they would see. I tell people everywhere I go, there's two people in a church you don't want to make mad. You know who they are? The children's pastor and the youth pastor. Because they know more about your home life than you wish they would. You make them mad, they know what you're hiding at home. There's no confession like a prayer service in children's church. Because, son, they'll tell you, they'll tell everything. I've had kids say, pray, because, well, why, baby? Because I don't think my mom and daddy really love each other. Why would you say that when my daddy hits my mama? They tell stuff. That's in the form of a prayer request. God bless their soul. 
But there's some adults in here and you need more faith. If nothing else, you need more faith to show your kids how to have faith. You can't. I was doing kids camp meeting in, uh, I forgot where I was at, I've done so many of them, but there were 650 kids in the room. This particular night, the Holy Ghost had moved in on the kids. It was, it was just heavy. And all of a sudden, I started watching. Little bitty kids. I'm talking about little bitty kids that you just don't think even are, are listening to what goes on in church. You think they're too small to get it. Little bitty kids. I'm talking about, oh, to me, this I started crying. There was no reason for them to start crying. And I'm not talking about just whimpering. I'm talking about belly crying when their body shook and big alligator tears started jumping out of their eyes. And I started getting upset. I loved the children. I, I, you know, I didn't know what was going on. So I began to pray, and all of a sudden, all over the room, it would just break out in little areas. And I thought, I don't understand what's happening, Bishop. I didn't know. So I went to one of the little kids, and I said, little bitty girl, I said, darling, why are you crying? She looked at me as earnest. I could see her right now, Bishop. I'll never forget that look she gave me. I was Elder with the clown that night, and she looked at me, and she said, Eljoy, my mom and daddy, they need to be saved. Do you think Jesus will save them? Then I started crying. All over the room, the Holy Ghost had a heavy move on these little bitty kids. 650 of them. I'm not talking about 50 or 60. It was a massive move of God. So I went to another one, and I said, Why? Why are you crying, little guy? He said, Because I know my grandpa don't know Jesus. El Joy, do you think? Do you think that? God would touch my grandpa. He's old. Do you think God would touch him? I said, yes, son. God is no respecter of persons. He don't care how old or young you are. He'll touch your grandpa. We'll pray right now that God will touch your grandpa. Let me tell you something, church. I prayed. I prayed earnest because I wanted that grandpa touched. Why? Because this child knew his grandpa had a need. He was too proud to receive it. 650 kids weeping. And you know how God ended it? Because I, I didn't know what to do. I loved them. And when kids hurt, I hurt. I want, I want something done for them. And all of a sudden, like God took his hand and just waved it over them real slow. I watched them all fall over in the Holy Ghost, speaking in tongues and worshiping God. No, I didn't call some Holy Ghost move. I didn't, I didn't boastfully say, we're going to allow the Holy Ghost to move. No, I, I got out of God's way. I learned a long time ago, the greatest thing I'll ever do for God is stay out of His way. That can happen right here, Bishop, at this church. It's happening right now. Matter of fact, bow your heads and close your eyes. Some of you are going to get touched this morning in a fashion that you ain't been touched in years. He's going to get you down in that deep place. 
Now, some of you prideful men are already arguing with God, and I ain't even started giving an altar call yet. You're already arguing with God. You're already saying to Him, oh, I, you don't need to touch me, God. I'm, I'm okay. No, you're not. If you were okay, He wouldn't be talking to you right now. This revival is about laying it down and stop the I see thing, like the bishop said, and start receiving from the Lord just because He says so. Now right now, before the devil can steal it from you, because he's used to stealing it from you, he does it all the time. Right now, I rebuke him in the name of Jesus. I cast him out of this revival and take total control over him. Why? Because I'm an adopted child of God, and when I speak, it's as though God has spoken. That's what the Word says. And right now, no matter who you are, no matter how old or young you are, I want you one more time to come up here to this altar, move from your seat, just because God said so, not because I said so. If you feel it this morning, move from your seat. I didn't say if you could explain it. I said if you feel it, move from your seat and come down here and allow the Holy Ghost one more time to start moving in your life. If there's a child anywhere near you, grab the child by the hand. I don't care if it's a teenager. I don't care who it is. And bring that child with you. Bring that teenager with you. And y'all come down here and let that child see you one more time. Get down on your knees before a living God and begin to let God move in your life and let God begin to saturate your life because this is revival, church. This is when mama and daddy and grandpa and grandma and that old guy and that old woman at church, that's what the young people call you, come down here one more time and God begins to refresh you and begins to move on you and healing begins to flow and, and the Holy Ghost begins to move. Hallelujah! This is your time. Don't stand there and let it pass like you have before. I don't know why, but for the last as they pray here, I want to speak to some of you back there. And you know, we're not we're not into begging you to come to the altar. But when, when we talked about this particular service, I, I genuinely felt two things would happen. Number one, I feel like that there's an adult here and their child's here and the child knows that the adult either got bad news or the adult is struggling or the adult is, 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 is having a hard time with, with faith. And the Bible says that if you, you come to God, you got to come to God with childlike faith, right? So I want to encourage the young person, whoever that young person is, if you know your mom and daddy are struggling, there is no judgment here. Trust me when I tell you. Pastor Paul said that I could, I could treat y'all like I do Judah. Don't you judge nobody that comes to this altar. Because if you judge anybody that comes to this altar, you need to be in the altar more than the person that's coming down. But if there's a young person and you know your mom or dad or grandma or grandpa needs a little bit more faith, I want you to grab them by the hand. I want you to tug on it. And, and adult, if you, if you feel that tug, I want you to get out of your seat. That's number one. Number two, number two, there's a, there's a young person here and the parents know this. The young person is, is, has a lot of, and I'm not just talking about preschool jitters. I'm talking about this young person has a lot of anxiety going on about going into school this year. 
I'm not talking about just preschool jitters. I'm talking about this. I mean, it's it's about locking them down. And the parents know this. And you're at your, oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. And you're at your wit's end. You don't know what to do. You don't know how to get control of it. But God told me on the way up here, before I even got here, he said, they're going to be in there. And I got an answer for them. And it is called the peace of God that passes all understanding. So if that's you, I want you to grab your child. Well, I don't want to embarrass my child. It's better you embarrass your child right now in a loving atmosphere like this than for them to get embarrassed at school and go on shutdown and lockdown and they have to call mom or daddy to come pick them up. Right now, there's a move of God in this room right now. So if that's you, I want you to grab your young person's hand and say, listen, this is how we fight our battles. We don't fight our battles just going to doc- just going to doctors. We fight our battles in an altar with the Lord. Amen? And, and that's how we do it. So if, you, if that's you, either one, I want you to come. Well, I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. I want you to tug them. Why? Well, I, I just don't know that I can. Well, you better. This ain't no time to be playing games. I'm telling you. I told my church the other night, listen, you need to understand. We used to sing, I'm in the army of the Lord and songs like that. We don't sing that to them songs no more. You understand? So these people and we have forgotten that we in a war. Did you hear me? We're in a war. And it's going to get bloody and it's going to get nasty. I told my church the other day, you remember when we used to say, I follow the Lord? Somebody ask you something, they say, I, I serve the Lord. I serve the Lord. I follow the Lord. We don't say stuff like that no more. Because number one, we took the service out of it. If that's you, I want you to come. We want to pray for you. You want to know what revival looks like? Somebody wants to know what revival looks like. This is revival right here. You see this mom and daddy down here with their child? You see this going on over here? See this gray-headed saint right here? It don't even matter if she's grandma or not. She's the saint in the church, and the kids see you and your family to them. They don't know that you're not blood family, some of them. Some of them come to you and hug you and, and, and love on you because they think you're family. Why? Because you're church family. And it's time the church family got rid of all this junk that's been, been coming into the church and separating us and segregating us and, and making us look foolish. It's time we get back to the altar like this with families praying together, calling out the name of Jesus and starting to let the children lay hands on some of us adults that have been told we're dying of cancer and we're dying of sugar problems and we're dying of this stuff. Let that child speak life back into you. What I didn't tell you about my story earlier was it took me five years to get these legs to hold me up through some pain like you wouldn't believe. I would lay in bed and pull on rubber bands and my body would shake and my my body would cry and I would hurt worse than I can even describe to you. And I would tell my my legs, listen, I've already seen somebody walk that couldn't walk so you need to to fix me like you did them. And I'd tell the Lord, Lord, I don't know what I've done to deserve this but I know one thing, I believe if they can walk, I can walk. He's no respecter of persons. But did that stop the pain? No. Somebody stand here this morning and you're in pain. It might be physically. It might be mentally. It might be spiritually. But you're in pain. Somebody stand here this morning and you got hurt at church. Let me tell you something. Let me go ahead and, and address that. When you go to the hospital, you're going to get blood on you. The church is a hospital. It's not a place people go that are perfect. There's people here that you'll never like. you got to love them, but you'll never like them. 
I'm sorry, it's the truth. About time somebody said that. You don't have to sit beside them. You can sit on the other side of the room. But in Jesus' name, you got to love them. But you don't have to like them. Maybe their personality rubs you the wrong way. Stop blaming God. Stop blaming the church because you got a personality issue. Let's get busy for the Lord. Let's start humbling ourselves to God and saying, God, I don't like that person, but you know what? I'm going to love them. I'm going to make a special effort to love them. Listen, i got a lot of people who don't like me. I'm tall. I'm gaudy. I'm loud. I'm everything people don't like. I know who I am. That don't stop me from being who I am, though. I don't care. The Bible says, cast your cares on him, for he cares for you. You know what casting your care means? It means you let go of it. And some of you this morning need to stop caring so much. You're caring about things that, that God don't care about. And it's dragging you down. This is going to be a landmark revival for this church. Because we're here, I don't think so. But if God can use a pirate, he can use anybody. If God can use a nerd, he can use anybody. If he can use Scott King, he can use anybody. That's my brother in the, in the Lord. Man, I feel God in here. I'm trying to I'm trying to let God finish. I don't want to rush God. Sure, we can run out of here. I'm going to tell you what's going to happen tonight as, as God finishes what he's doing. Something's going to happen here tonight that's never happened before. 44 years ago, God, through the Holy Ghost, came to me and said, I want you to do something for me. I said, God, I'll do anything for you. He said, will you? I remember 44 years ago he said I want you to mime to the church he said I want you to do a service and he said this is how it's going to work you're going to put a chair of honor up here in the front and he said you can go double zero that's, that's my first position that I take as a professional he said and when you turn I'm going to be standing somewhere in the room he said, come get my hand and escort me up here and put me in the chair. And then you minister to me and I'll minister to them. I said, God, that sounds crazy. It'll never work. That's, that's crazy. God said, will you do it? I said, I will. First night that I did it, I got up there and did exactly what he said. Found a nice chair in the church, put it up there. I turned my back, go double zero to start the service turned around and I don't care whether you believe me or not he was standing right in the middle of the church with a smile on his face since then I have mined for secular audiences as well as Christian audiences I don't do shows I minister to him and he ministers to you so I'm going to ask you tonight 44 years later he's still doing it will you come and see Jesus tonight because if you get a glimpse of what I see, it's going to change your life. You'll never be the same. And that's going to happen right here tonight. So I don't understand that. I don't either. I'm just telling you, I don't either. But if you really want to see Jesus, if you really want to see Jesus, come tonight because I can guarantee you he'll be in this service. And if you see what I see, It'll change your whole destiny. Hey, everybody. <clears throat> that was the perfect time. Uh, yesterday, the Lord put something on my heart. And so 
it just lines up with with today's message and so i just wanted to share it everybody but gt i need you you know that i need you to obey like you do i need to hear you praise and worship like you do billy i need you when the lord calls you to blow your trumpet i need you to blow your trumpet if he calls you to praise jesus i need you to praise jerry i need you i need to see you praise because sometimes i don't do it myself my kids need to see me obey if i don't see you all obeying it's hard for me to take that step sometimes so i, I love all of y'all when the word when the lord calls on you we need to see y'all obey we sing that song um i hear your call available you know if we're not listening to the Lord's call on us, if we're not listening, if we don't obey, it, it becomes harder to hear that call. And I, I believe that. I believe if you, don't, if you don't obey and if you don't listen to that, it's going to be harder the next time. And, and I need to see y'all obey. It helps me. Okay? It helps my son. You kids that come up, my son needs to see y'all obey. Come on, somebody. You ready for this week? It might look different. Some people only think revival is just shouting services, but I believe that this week we're going to experience God. And I believe it's already started. <laughs> Sorry. I'm excited. I'm excited. Please, I've got... Um, I know six packs are bad these days, but I've got some six packs of cards, <laughs> and um, and if you, I've got I've got them all. Um, Kathy and Stephanie put six together and put a rubber band around them. Would you come and grab some? Would you invite six people? And they didn't want to come because they knew they was going to get preached at. You know what I'm talking about? You can invite them tonight. And you can tell them. There's not going to be any preaching. So they're safe. Invite them. Go next door to your neighbor. Invite your neighbor. There's nothing that's going to offend them tonight unless they're offended by the presence of God. Amen. So if you will, like I said, I've got, I've got multiple packs. So come grab some. I know some of you guys start school this week. Um, and, and we're going to be very rigid with our time because we want to honor your schedule. We know you got to get in bed early, so we'll, we'll actually have food tonight and every night following through Wednesday night. Uh, there'll be food from 5.30 to 6.30, then we start the service at 6.30. We should be done by 7.30, um, Lord willing, out by 8, depending on the altar call. But we, we want you to know we want to have a, a respect your time, but we want to experience God. So please come and enjoy. Take Come get some of these. Take them to your friends. Invite them to be here. Let's let God move in our homes and our families. Amen. God bless you. I'm going to let you share and pray. I'm going I'm to say something. <laughs> you don't know if you he asked me to be on the pastor's council, and I have been, and I've been just so 
in the last year that you just couldn't believe it. Uh, I'm not going to go through all the blessings because we'd never get done today. But I want to tell you something. My week started out driving to Valdosta, Georgia. Me and God had about an eight-hour conversation. I can't even tell you how I got there. You ever drive somewhere and you can't remember how in the world you got there? Well, I did that from Maryville to Valdosta, Georgia. God had put something in my spirit, and he told me, this is the way you're going to handle it. And I said, God, I can't do it. I can't do it. He said, you'll handle it like this. Well, I started down the path of exactly what he said. I so I seek counsel from brothers that I knew that I knew would tell me the right way. And they said, you gotta do what God told you to do. So I did. And just as sure as I'm standing here today, when he was talking about preaching a while ago and he was saying, you're going toward that door, that is exactly what I was doing. And I was going exactly like God told me to do. But right in the midst of everything that was happening, God said, now, I said, you go to the right and leave the left to me. I said, what? I said, God, what are you talking about? What are you doing? What are you doing? I turned to the right just like God told me to do. And you know, everything on that left-hand side that I was so worried about, that I was so afraid, it's all taken care of now. It's ever been taken care of. I don't know why that God does things to me that he does. I mean, <laughs> hey, I get embarrassed sometimes over there whenever I get a little get a little too spiritual. And, you know, hey, don't do that, don't do that. And when I let out a war hoop, God just keeps blessing me. But I'm telling you here today, it might not have been for anybody else in this church, nobody else in this church. I should be up there playing, but I had so much stuff in the back of my truck, I couldn't even get my guitar and stuff from yesterday. I'm so tired, or I've been so tired, I'm not tired now, but I've been so tired of because of the week that I had fighting and going on with God. Oh, it's a restless situation to be in whenever you fight with Him. Just bow down, down on your knees and just give it to Him. You don't have to fight. He's done fought. He's done won. Take and read Revelations. Guess what? We win. We win. We don't have to fight anymore. We're going to go through troubles and trials. But today, if it wasn't for anybody else, this service was for me, okay? There are more services coming up. 
It can be for you. It can be for your neighbor. It can be for whoever. But God is in this place. Please, please, please. If you have a burden, bring it up here, lay it down. I'm not trying to preach. You guys done a magnificent job this morning. I'm not trying to preach. I'm just trying to tell you God loves you. God cares for you. God loves your family. And God loves everybody that we come in contact with. Father, this morning, Lord, I pray, Lord dear God, Lord, that the waves of life, Lord dear God, would be calm through this revival. Lord, I pray that people, Lord dear God, that are seeking, Lord dear God, each and every Lord, each and every problem that they have, they're seeking an answer for, Lord. Lord, the answers are within these walls. Lord, dear God, all of the, all of the answers, Lord, dear God, to all of the problems, Lord, in our life, were hung on that cross at Calvary, Lord. Lord, the precious blood of your Son, Jesus Christ. Lord, just one drop is all it took to wash away all of the sins of the world. Now, Lord, I pray, Lord, dear God, thanking you, Lord, God, for the guidance that you've given us today, Lord. Lord, the service, Lord, dear God, that we've had. Lord, dear God, we're just looking to see more and more and more. Lord, more that we could get closer to you. God, I pray for all the failures that I've been to you, Lord, dear God. I pray for your forgiveness, Lord. Lord, but I thank you, for, Lord, for my brothers and my sisters, Lord, dear God, in this church, Lord. Lord, that have been there. Lord, dear God, when I was in the position that Scott was in a while ago and I fell, they caught me. Lord, dear God, I thank you for that. Lord, now I pray, Lord, that you would be with us. Give us traveling grace, Lord, dear God. Lord, I pray that you'd bring everybody back tonight, Lord, dear God. Lord, and I pray, Lord, dear God, that you just keep your protective hand over each and every one in this place. And we'll never cease to give you the praise, for it's in Jesus' name. Amen.